The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 121. One day, I shall come back. That's it. I've been renewed. As when a Time Lord's body wears out, he regenerates. I'm a Time Lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Brave hearty. Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon. Unlimited vice pudding! Position, that's wearing a bit thin. Fantastic. Allons-y! I am Scottish. I can complain about things. Ta-da! She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. Today we're discussing the sixth Doctor story, Vengeance on Varos. And joining me today on the panel are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going, Dom? Very well. And Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. Uh, Folks, remember to like The Secrets of Doctor Who on Facebook. Uh, at our Facebook page, Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. Retweet us on Twitter, where we're at SQPN. Uh, please leave us comments, subscribe to the show. If you have not yet subscribed, you should subscribe to make sure you get every episode. Uh, subscribe on your phone in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, your favorite podcast app or YouTube, where you should hit the bell to get notifications. And above all, share the podcast with your friends. Help us grow this community of Doctor Who fans, especially uh, in this period between new seasons uh, we want to have we want to keep the conversation going we have l- lots of great content we're discussing uh of old classic and relatively new doctor who in fact next week uh, as a preview we're going to be t- discussing one of the all-time favorite episodes for people uh we'll be talking about blink yes, yes. the weeping angels yeah. uh, and the podcast is the best way to to experience that because then you don't accidentally show an image of them Except I, I'm going to put an image of a weeping angel on your phone for the podcast. Don't look podcast at your phone. <laughs> don't, don't look at your phone. But that's not what we're talking about this week. <laughs> and uh, by the way, at the end of this episode, we do have feedback from listeners that we wanted to share with you and discuss. So we'll we'll get to that as well. So stick around for that. But this week we're, we're talking about vengeance on Avaros, which is a sixth Doctor episode uh, or show. Uh, the story. second. This the what? The second Sixth Doctor story. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's the one after his regeneration. Uh, no. Well, actually, it's the third. Post-regeneration post story. Uh, it's after, well, we did the, what was before it was, no, there was one. Cybermen. Before, the Twin Dilemma. The Twin, twin dilemma. dilemma. And then the, or there's a, uh, the Cybermen, and then this one. Oh, right. okay. So I guess it's the third. It's still yeah. early days. The bad news, <laughs> this is one of the better ones. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and in fact, it wasn't. It's faint praise, damning with faint praise. It wasn't that bad, but it's really? not. It's well, it's not. I mean, relatively, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's, that comparative. it's comparative. It's comparative. There are there are there are moments in this uh, story that were. It's, it's, it's got it's good. got things to think about, and it's got things you know that yeah. we will obviously be able to discuss. But it's still. Colin yeah. Baker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. let me let me throw the background out there for before we get into the into the discussion too much. But uh, this was aired January of 1985. It's uh, we're, we're in the uh, season 22, the sixth 
was it yeah season 22 and it's still the the this regeneration happened midway through the season is that that's this one right it was yeah yeah it was, it was season 21 it was uh the last season was when he regenerated okay. and okay. then there's one more there was the post regeneration episode and then went into between and, season break okay and so this is yeah okay so this is the second serial of of the 22nd season in 1985 Correct. where we still have perry as a companion uh, i don't know why she's sticking around but we'll get to that <laughs> and uh and it's two episodes and that's the what I, the interesting i wanted to kind of mention was we've shifted classically who it was m- multiple two or more 22 minute episodes right but for this sick this season for the sixth doctor they switched to two 45 minute episodes but they only yeah. did it for this season which is which is interesting because of course that's what uh Modern Who knew who has been pretty much since it came out. And that was one of the concerns that people raised. It's like, well, how, why are they going to 45 minute episodes? Well, classic who did it for a season. Now, the difference is Modern Who does it as, you know, like one story, 45 minutes. Right. And With occasionally, occasionally like two parters or three yeah. parters. But classic who it was still a serial. It was just a two parter with one exception. Uh, yeah. There's the the two doctors episode is coming up here in a couple of couple of serials and that was a three-parter okay yeah and then it's and so they they did that for a while but then they went back to the the old way what do you know why they 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 switched and went back the bbc insisted they didn't mm-hmm. like the way things were going and they put the series on hiatus to retool it and, and one of the conditions for it coming back was they wanted the 40 the 25 minute episodes again okay yep. all right so after this season they they put her on hiatus for for a period of time. Okay, just about a year and a half. Okay, so. which is about to, as long as we usually have to wait nowadays. Yeah, well, exactly. now we do. But back then it was new to have a yeah. break that long. People thought it had been canceled. There are rumors that it was canceled, but they were using the hiatus as an excuse, saying, "Oh, it'll be back." Yeah, wink, wink. And but yeah. then they did bring it back. Well, kind of, kind of like you know, after nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and incidentally, the, um, uh, you know, Father Corey mentioned it is Colin Baker, and that's true, but I would qualify it is Colin Baker on TV. He's much yep. better in the audios. It, Big Finish is where he really gets to shine. They give him good material to work with as opposed to what he was being given here on TV. And right. That's, that's, part of the, that, that's part of the problem. And you see that right at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. The, he, I think it's the writing more so than the acting yeah. that's, that's yeah. the problem here. The, and so uh, the just and then the title the title closed on the on the this the forty five minute length. If you are uh, old enough to remember watching it in America when it was originally airing here, you're probably saying no, no, it was twenty two minute episodes. Well, they repackaged them into four twenty five minute episodes unless, uh, when they were yeah. broadcast in America and Australia. Unless you watched it the way I did, where they did them in the as the movie format, where they took all the serial and put it into one big. Movie, oh, one big every story. Week. Okay, that's an interesting way. It, uh, preferable, frankly, uh, for from my point of view, to to, be, to get them all together and get the whole story I without mean, having to. It's kind wait. of almost anticipating binge watching, <laughs> which know. is kind of funny because it's almost anticipating binge watching that we do now. Because like when we sat down and watched this serial, we all just—I'm sure the binged three of it. us sat down and binged it. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, speaking of the style of TV, uh, what we actually see an early version in this essentially of reality TV. A, a, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although there were other uh, there were other examples of this in the era. And I'll get into what I'm, what I mean in a second. But um, 
uh, Running Man, the Schwarzenegger that's, movie. That's features what I thought of too. Something like that. And then uh, what was the Max Headroom TV series, which is short lived, but also included something along these lines. So people were thinking of the, what if we had the gladiatorial combat of Roman era on TV today? And, uh, and which frankly, Star Trek actually did in the 60s. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, right. Star Trek also did that uh, as well. So so we open on the planet Varos. We later learn it's the 23rd century. Varos is a former penal colony that's now a mining planet. It's a, it has domes. Uh, I guess it's because so there's a hostile environment or something. And as we open, we are watching a guy who's on television on Varos, and he's being tortured by people shining a flashlight on him. Um, and we get lots of reaction shots of this married couple who are watching what's on their TV screens. They're either watching him being tortured. They're hoping they're going to get an execution soon. They're watching the governor. And so you have a lot of this interaction as a kind of social commentary about people's relationships with their televisions. And it's really hard for me not to think that the it, this is almost like a Robert Holmes thing. It's not by Robert Holmes, but it has that kind of same dark social commentary that a Robert Holmes episode would have, only he would do it better. Um, <laughs> and most of the time, I mean, he did write the Space Pirates. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it you have this kind of Nazi-esque aesthetic that the government has. You know, they're waltzing around with black and gray uniforms with Nazi looking symbols on them. And and uh, and so they're clearly fascists. This is a dystopia, but they're also the people controlling the television. And we meet this guy who's like got a, a mask that covers half of his face and he's horribly scarred and he's their chief developer of programming. And so I'm thinking this is like a statement about the BBC and it's British a, it, government television yeah. <laughs> and and what people are what people are watching at home. And one of the criticisms of Doctor Who at the time was that it was way too dark and violent for children. There was a famous British crusader named Mary Whitehouse who had this kind of tea time torture for tots campaign against Doctor Who and and this episode, this serial uh provoked a lot of people, not just Mary Whitehouse, but a lot of people saying the series is too dark and scary now. But I think that there's something I think they're playing on their own reputation. I think this serial is kind of a self parody of Doctor Who and its darkness and Britain's television situation and the way people just drink in what's given to them on television, no matter how dark it is. I think there's also an element in this of um Again, this is 1985, so January of 1985. So being produced in the year 1984, which also features, which was also in the pop in pop culture. We remember uh, George Orwell's 1984. Lots of people talking about that that year, um, which featured Big Brother and TV sets in every room, and which that, watch that were that watch you, and that were mandatory for you to watch if you did not watch. And that comes up. So let's talk about this. There's this bickering couple. Um, Edda and um, oh, what, what's the name? Arita, I believe. Iraq, uh, Iraq, and Edda. Arak, okay, yep. And Arita was the other another, one. Yes. another oh, gal. And uh, uh, so we have a dictatorial government, torturous entertainment, voting is mandatory, punishment is swift, and there are many shortages. It's Venezuela, frankly. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it they, is very much like Orwell's 1984, though. All those yes. elements are there. 
and oh, yeah. uh, they never interact with the rest of the cast. Every part of their interaction with the story is only through what they see on this screen. And we occasionally go back to them every once in a while. And they very much function sort of like a Greek chorus, which I thought, yeah. I thought was uh, interesting. And that's one of the elements I kind of thought I thought was an interesting that made the story a little better than the than the average six doctor story was it was clever. I thought that was a, a clever. I liked and I liked that interaction they had. It was kind of a funny bickering couple sort of story. What, by, one of by the, the way, ma- I just want to point ahead, out Father. real quick. Uh, Etta was played by Sheila Reed, who also played Gran on uh, Tri- Time of the Time Lord. She was uh, Clara's grandmother. Clara's oh. grandmother. Nice. Nice. Good time find. of the doctor. Time of the time of the doctor. Yeah, time sorry. Of the doctor. Time yeah. of the doctor. I was thinking of trial of the time lord. Time of the doctor. Got him switched. <laughs> what, I, I just wanted of, to throw that out real quick because I, I knew she looked familiar, and yeah, mm-hmm. that's why. One of the things that uh, I thought was interesting here that was very meta is one of the cliches of Doctor Who is running through corridors yeah. on, as a way of filling television time. And so in this episode, we have lots of the Doctor running through corridors. Being seen on television with the with <laughs> yeah. with with the couple watching him and the woman is like, "Ooh, I like the one in the funny clothes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, so, uh, speaking of um, also of actors, the, the famous actors getting their mm-hmm. start here, um, the young man, the 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 rebel John Dar, John Dar, uh, who's being tortured, is Jason Connery. That name's familiar to you. He's the son of Sean Connery, James Bond. But also, you might have heard of him. Yeah. 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 But he's also uh, famous in his own right. Uh, he was uh, his most famous role was in the the British show Robin Hood that aired mm-hmm. started airing just after he appeared in this episode of uh, Doctor Who. So um, he, he was sort of he was mostly unknown at this point, but he became very right. famous soon after. Uh, and he's so. done a lot of production and stuff like that since, too. So, yes. Yes. So Jason Connery. So just another example of every every famous British actor eventually shows up on Doctor Who at some point. Exactly. Uh so uh, we 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 get this this torture scene and then we we cut to the doctor and Perry still bickering. <laughs> so we had the bickering couple uh, Eric and Etta. Now we have the bickering doctor and companion uh as she enumerates all those faults and I'm sitting there thinking to myself as I'm watching this, why is she still traveling with him? Like it's not like she's yeah. stuck with him like they well, can't get back to earth. Like they don't at, like each other at the moment. They can't get back to Earth because the TARDIS has run out of power. Well, right at the at, if, like immediately after this, they run, runs out of power. But like just in in the general sense, like like that, they they just don't like each other, and it makes the show different. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, the when when Donna shows up with the tenth Doctor, David Tennant, uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not like they they they, they like each other. But they're not, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend like Rose or or Martha Jones, you know, that sort of thing. Yep. But they they enjoy each other's company. But and they still sort of bicker a little bit, but it's fun. A little bit. This is a not fun. Bit, but- yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. this is one of the things that's been pointed out that in New Who, the companions vir- virtually worship the doctor. Um, yeah. I mean, he's the most wonderful man. He is all that in a bag of chips. He is just yep. everything to them. That is not always the case in Classic Who. In Classic Who, you got a range of attitudes. Um, the companions, by and large, with maybe the exception of Perry here, did like the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And even, even Perry eventually comes to like him. But um, but you had they didn't worship him in the same way. And it's frankly refreshing to... Yeah. 
to have characters who aren't as impressed with the doctor as he is with himself. And Donna gives us a little bit of that in new who. Right. right. She does bring him down a peg. And I prefer, I prefer the way they do it there where she kind of grounds him a bit. This mm-hmm. one just is, they don't like each other. No, this is unpleasant. It's, yeah. it's, and, it's and again, bad this writing. goes back. This goes back to the writing because, you know, later on in the episode, it becomes clear that she does like him at least, you know, grateful for him and everything. But, it doesn't show up at the beginning where she's basically nagging him. And I hate to say <laughs> right. it. And that's really what it was. You yes, know? She's nagging him. And it him. goes on for way too long. Yes. Yeah. I so mean, then although, come, although the line coming the back li- to the TARDIS and they're still, you know, dead in the water. I, I although I, I, I like, I did like the line about, you know, you burnt my dinner. It was supposed <laughs> to be a cold dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So the, so that's, and something Jimmy alluded to is, so the, we start with the situation where the TARDIS is, stalls runs out of gas in the middle of uh, nowhere in space where it doesn't have this vital element zyton 7 which can only be found in conveniently in one place which yep. is ridiculous <laughs> you're it's just it, in all of time and stupid, space <laughs> stupid writing in all of time and space the time lords are going to make themselves dependent on this thing that's alternately described as an element and a mineral that's only found in this one place and can't be synthesized for some reason. It's like, guys, come on. We have cyclotrons here on Earth. and We had them in the 20th century. We can mm-hmm. make elements. Right. So and for us, it's, it's you know, alchemy is, is still difficult. But for Time Lords, I mean, come on. You've, you've, you've invented the TARDIS. You yeah. know, you, you yeah. can do this. Right. So it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a contrivance in order to, to start the plot off. Also, given the given the the Nazi overtones and the dystopia and the darkness in this series, um, I couldn't help wondering if Zyton B is somehow related to Zyklon or Zyton 7 is somehow related to Zyklon B, which was Mm -hmm. the chemical the Nazis used during the Holocaust. Interesting. That's it might have been a tip to it. Yeah. Right. Uh. Uh, there's nothing uh, explicit in the in the in the show to it, tell it us just that, the, but just yeah. the sound of the name, but yeah. with the, in in the Nazi esque context. Yep. That's right. Um, so the, the the other thing that's kind of weird is how the doctor's like, "Oh well, well we're gonna die here, or you know, eventually you first, because I'll have regenerations." And he just kind of gives up and waits to die. And it's like, really, is is this who the sixth doctor is? He's the one. Who, when he encounters a problem, he gives up and and waits to yeah, die. Oh. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it just seems so like out, out of, character of character for well, well, especially, all the doctors. Especially since obviously there was it, you know it was a power issue, but there was still enough power to keep like life support and food production and all that other kind of stuff going and to get the virus <laughs> indefinitely. Apparently, yeah. I mean they they could get the virus too. So uh, you know what what. I don't know. It was yeah. It was I, 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 well. They eventually get to Varos, but if, for that to happen, you know, events happen that cause the Doctor to regain hope, and then he's like, "Oh, right. Perry, don't lose hope." And she was the one who had been trying to keep him from losing hope. So right. it's a little throwing, bit of 
irony for the audience there. Throw, throwing yeah. the TARDIS user manual, which is surprisingly small for all the things that the TARDIS can do. <laughs> exactly. And is, surprisingly it analog. Size of an LA, it is the size of an L.A. phone book. But right. Yeah. But for what for the fact that this is, you know, a super advanced space time machine, you think it could do a little more. Maybe that's just volume one. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. Volume one. Uh, so uh, meanwhile, uh, on Varos, we have the this um, just drama, this political um, conflict going on between. So the the planet is run by the the the, the people on the planet uh, and they mine the Zyton and sell it to the Galatron Mining Corporation that holds a, an exclusive contract, apparently, to buy it. Mm-hmm. And they're under new contract negotiations. This is compelling stuff, folks. Contract negotiations. <laughs> there's There's been a trade dispute involving taxation of outlying routes yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. this never goes well uh george lucas should have learned from this uh as from a storytelling <laughs> perspective uh, going over uh economics so, so we have the, the supremely strange and disturbing figure of sill who's sill. the representative of, the, yeah. of galatron sill, uh, with the governor sill is our main villain in this episode in addition to the nazis and yeah. he's he's kind of a He's kind of reptilian, but he's also kind of insect-like. He's like a little mm-hmm. slug guy. He's he's yeah. played by a very short actor um, who's a Jordanian uh, British guy named mm-hmm. uh, Nabil something. And uh, yeah, and he so he's he's very physically small, and he sits on this kind of tabletop of a portable table that's carried around by attendants or moved around by attendants. And he's he also needs to be moisturized periodically. So yeah, we have but, this Cassandra, Lady Cassandra like moment, only it's water instead, water me instead of moisturize yep. me. Um, exactly. But he's apparently from some kind of like swamp like planet or something. And he has this thing he does with his tongue. He's got this tick where he like <laughs> rapidly licks his lips. It's like only I can't do it. Um, and he actually was popular enough. They brought him back. So there's now, more more still in our future and now, even more in the audios. Are, are we sure he was popular enough to bring him back or are they, <laughs> is they more like the uh, Slitheens where the writers liked him a lot more than the audience well, did? The, he yeah. was popular enough with the writers. His species, by the way, is he's a mentor. That's the yeah. name of his species. And he's so he's trying to strike this business deal with the governor and he's and he's keeping the prices of Zyton really low. For some reason, the Varosians have not realized we're the only source of this vital mineral in the whole universe, so we can charge whatever we want. They have not realized that. So he's yeah. like forcing starvation conditions on these people by keeping the price artificially well, low. Um, I, I kind of I, I see that as, as plausible, though, because this was a prison planet. And as it's revealed later on in the, the episode that the people who live there are just descendants of the original prisoners. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, well, Australia oh, was originally. Right. Um, and so it's plausible that they've been so cut off from the rest of the galaxy that they don't realize that what they have there is quite valuable and they are the only source. So I can see that as, as plausible. Mm-hmm. And uh, the still also has an inside man who's kind of, yeah. who's, who's helping him with this exclusivity and undermining the, the, the governor, uh, the, the, he's the chief officer. He's the chief law enforcement officer, mm-hmm. um, and sort of deputy, uh, to the governor, uh, yeah. I guess, but he's, he's the inside man. 
And in addition to exporting Zyton 7, they're also trying to export snuff films uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to right. other places based on their public TV executions. Um, what I find interesting is the politics of of Varos, because mm -hmm. apparently so not only is voting mandatory, but there are real consequences for the governor. Um, yep. If if he loses a vote, he gets exposed to this cellular disintegration torture ray that he can that nobody has survived more than four times. So right. so as he gets less popular and people do have a free vote against him, he's eventually going to die. And there are situations in which a, a, an election can be forced, even when he doesn't want one, which mm -hmm. then happens in part two of this. But it the and then when a governor dies, they like take the names of the top 12 other Nazi officials yeah. and and randomly select one. And the idea is that if you know your life is on the line, you're going to be motivate better motivated to find solutions for these people. <laughs> and so even though it's a dystopia, it's a dystopia with accountability. And yeah. as as negative, as dark as it is, they've got the pieces in place that in the real world would lead to an improvement of their situation. So it's kind of interesting to me conceptually that, I mean... If you have accountability going on to the people that's real and has teeth, that actually will motivate <laughs> leaders to improve your situation well, in the long term. It motivates leaders to provide solutions that are popular. Um, I don't want to get yeah. too much into pol well, political theory here, but um, but and, and that's actually something the governor eventually realizes is there are no popular solutions to the difficulties he faces. And so he has, you know, sometimes a, a leader has to make an unpopular decision that eventually proves to be right. But in the moment, the people would vote against. Uh, you know, so, for example, both, he, he both, tried to both, he both tried both. to have people vote down the or, you know, to reduce their food rations. And of course, they're right. not going to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The in there will be mistakes made in the selection process, both by leaders and by the people. Um, they'll both make stupid mistakes. But in the long mm -hmm. run, having accountability, having leaders with accountability is going to produce better results than leaders with no accountability. Uh, so, yeah. So it, it's so it's not it's exactly it's not just a totalitarian regime where the leaders stay in power as long as they they hold the 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 guns so to you know to, to, to be mm -hmm. honest uh they have it it's a yeah. dark democracy in the in the sense of of a democracy as mob rule it's not a republic right and in fact the the governor and the the chief officer they decide to use an execution of this rebel john dar the the guy who was being uh, uh, tortured at the beginning of the episode to, with the flashlight Right, right. Yeah. To distract the voters and keep him from having to undergo another vote while he's working on this renegotiation of the contract with the with Galatron. Um, and also, like you said, trying to sell videos of their executions and tortures uh, to, to be a, you know, a side hustle for the, <laughs> the planet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so then we um, we're introduced to Arita, who's John Dar's wife, who's in prison, and Rondal, who. It's almost no time. I, I expected him to have a bigger role than he yeah. eventually has. Uh, he's <laughs> he's John Dar's former best friend who is now a uh, a guard with the uh, government and, and uh, dies quickly and dies mm -hmm. quickly, having done the right thing by helping them escape from prison. 
but uh, from the she, goof from the goofy Nazi golf cart that's chasing them. <laughs> the yeah. very slow golf cart. <laughs> you can Let's think, get in this golf run cart faster than those yeah. things. Well, well, quick, everybody on board the golf cart so we can go very slowly down this corridor and then get off in fifteen feet. <laughs> that happens more than once. Uh, so. It, her narrative reveals that this was originally the prison planet for the criminally insane. That's actually an, an element that we didn't talk before. This wasn't just a prison planet for anybody. The criminally insane were sent to this prison pl- pl- uh, planet. And the descendants of the original officers and guards are the ones who are running things uh, and live in relative luxury, while the descendants of the inmates are the ones who are the workers. And perhaps related to the fact it was for the criminally insane, they have this torture dome where they have all the prisoners of society. And one of the ways they torture them is by having the computer or whatever generate hallucinations for these people. So they, they're allowed to kind of, to some degree, wander around freely, most of them. They're not all chained up or in cells. And they're encountering these hallucinations. And and their encounters are then broadcast on television and saved for export to other cultures as entertainment. Right. They're given the hope of escape. If you can only just find yeah. the right way out, which, you know, of course, which is like the running man. Yes, exactly. Uh, it, it's it, it's it's demonic uh, in, in a sense. So uh, we have John Dar's execution is about to go down and the TARDIS materializes in the execution chamber. The guard thinks, speaking of hallucinations, the guard thinks he's experiencing one of these hallucinations. Uh, and so the doctor and Perry trick the guard and free John Dar. Um, and this guard will be important later on at the end. Um, and so. Um, then they go on a runabout through yeah. corridors and encounter hallucinations of giant flies and green lights yep. and other things. Yeah. Rondo gets killed. The TARDIS the- gets taken. The right. BBC must have right. had a documentary on flies at some point, and they reused some of the footage from that. <laughs> yes. So we have TARDIS separation and then doctor separation. The TARDIS yep. is taken to the control room. Then the doctor and others, the others are separated. Um, uh, so the 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 doctor the, ends up hallucinating a, a desert. Mm-hmm. Um, and the hallucination is so real that his body thinks that it is dying of thirst and he collapses and everyone thinks he's dead. And cut to commercial, uh, apparently, end is what of, they do. End of part one. End of part yep. one. The doctor is dead. Right. They were told. Yes. Uh, so. Uh, Beginning then, of part two. Part two. Turns out, he, turns out he's not dead. But they <laughs> no. think he is. They take him to the body disposal area <laughs> where they're going to dump yeah. him in a vat of acid to dispose of his body. Only first, they dump what looks like another corpse in a body bag into yeah. the acid and they it's not clear to me is that meant to be another corpse because they one of the one of the characters says that they always do that to show the viewing audience that the acid is real so maybe that's not a maybe that's not a uh, maybe it's not a, a prisoner body, yeah, yeah or, in the body bag yeah um, i mean it could be just someone who died of a natural causes that they were disposing of a body or, or even just or it could anything. be a prop yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but they start to dump the doctor and he wakes up and they both fall in the acid. And there was a huge controversy in, I guess, the pre-DVD days uh, or pre-video days of did he push them into the acid? But you watch it carefully and he's actually one one of the guards just falls in the acid and dies. And then he pulls the other guard in, except mm-hmm. the doctor is kind of defending himself. He's 
he's like using a cot to shove the other guard towards the acid. So there's some unclarity about is the doctor trying to kill the guy? But what actually kills him is the other guard reaches out disfigured from the acid and yanks him in try it, yeah. as he tries to get out and fails. Right. Now, the doctor does make a quip about not joining them before he leaves. Yeah. He does seem very callous. And this is one of those things where people thought that this was made it a very dark, violent uh, episode it, was was how callous was. the doctor was. I, 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 I didn't really take it. I know, I know people did take it that way. I yeah. didn't. I just took it as like a James Bond type quip, you know, mm-hmm. and right. And frankly, I mean, if I was in that situation, someone just tried to kill me and then they pulled themselves into the acid. I, I could say, forgive me if I don't join you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so the the doctor, to no avail, the doctor's recaptured. Um, he's and he's going to be executed in the old fashioned way by hanging, uh, with along with John Dar. But uh, Perry and uh, um, uh, these names I can't remember the the difference. Atar, uh, uh, John Dar's wife. Uh, I forget the yeah, uh, Areta. Exactly. Areta. Areta. Uh, I'm gonna call her Aretha just so I remember it. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> jo- so Perry and Aretha end up in the mutilator, the the mutator, uh, which is mutilator. some that's yeah. rather appropriate slip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a it's a weird device that transmutes people into other things. Um, they, based they, on their fears, based so on their what, fears, what you fear is what you become. So it's so, kind of body horror. Perry is afraid of birds or something. Apparently, <laughs> she she, and, uh, she her fear is that she wants to escape and fly away, and uh, like doesn't everybody in that situation? Yeah. Uh, so it's a it's kind of a strange sequence because they they have this elaborate makeup that they gradually apply to both women, and then mm-hmm. they wake them up and they're not you know like that. Oh, they turned off the machine just in time, and now they're. They're better. It fades away. Again. Well, it, it fades back. Yeah. And Arita, is, I kind of, part of me is disappointed, but part of me likes the fact that what Arita is turning into is not identifiable as any clearly earthly animal. It's kind of reptilian or kind of amphibian, but it, mm-hmm. you can't really tell. Sil kind of likes it. Sil <laughs> likes it. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's finally, she's finally becoming, becoming attractive. attractive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's what they do to the women. For the men, yeah. they were going to do this hanging. Yeah. And they have these like religious order of priests there yes. at the execution who worship the great video of Varos. <laughs> yeah. If you listen to their chanting. Well, I, look- I love I love the uh the priest looked almost Eastern Orthodox or Eastern Catholic, and the, the monks <laughs> looked like uh Franciscans, but just with black habits instead of brown. They're Dominicans. Well, someone <laughs> someone went to the BBC wardrobe department dress up box yep. and got to play around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I even like got... the doctor's comments. Do you get to you always play the priest? <laughs> yeah. That was a bit of fourth wall. Yes. The, uh, and, and, and the guards have the doc- Darth Vader helmets, by the way. That's the other thing oh. I noticed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the doctor also of now it turns out at this point in this in the series, the Nazi governor is turning into the kindly Nazi governor. (laughs) He starts to display more and more kindness, even though he's a Nazi. And um, so one of the first acts of kindness is it turns out the execution is fake. He's just doing it to learn the truth about the doctor. And the doctor promises that he will free Varos from the Galtron Mining Corporation if he's spared. 
because he knows how valuable Zyton 7 is. And so he he offers to improve their negotiating position if they let him go. Um, so we've we've it, it turns out the ropes for the um, for the hanging were not attached. So they would have fallen a little bit, but not have been strangled. And uh, and the doctor knew that, but he still offers to to help the Verosians. Um, but he wants the women freed from the mutator, which takes an abnormally long amount of time to turn the thing off. Um, <laughs> well, partly it's <laughs> partly it's because the torture guy Quillian, the head of programming, really wants to test this this mutator thing. And so he's defying orders. But even once the governor gets directly involved, it's like, oh, it's too late. We may as well let him finish mutating. And the doctor finally shoots the the machine running this to get it to turn off as opposed to unplugging it or something. Right. And it turns off and the women revert to uh, revert to human form. So they got him in time. And and by the way, the doctor used a gun to destroy the machine. Against a machine, though. Right. Yeah. The uh, yeah, Quilliam said something along the lines of, now tell me exactly how it feels. Be honest. This is for science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a little bit of a Princess that Bride. Nice. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Uh, vibe there. Uh, so, and part of this, like the whole farcical hanging, you know, like they pulled the lever and they, the doctor and Jondar fell and you thought they were going to die and they didn't. That was all precipitated by Syl who wanted the doctor to be killed because he's starting to see the doctor as a rival or as a, uh, a you know, a, 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 some sand in the gearworks for his, uh, mm-hmm. his yep. efforts to take advantage of, of the planet and its mining concessions. Yeah. And exactly. me- it's- Meanwhile, Syl is on the phone to his own people trying to get them to invade and take over Varos. Right. Which, yep. you know, why didn't they do that in the first place, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, so, and then the, uh, Eventually, the governor is usurped by the chief officer who cites, you know, some legal precedent uh, that is baloney, of course. Well, I I thought it was it it was reasonable because, I mean, in terms of their law, because you can guess that when a governor is in his waning days, his popularity is going down. He knows he's going to have his fourth encounter with the cellular disintegrator thing soon and he's going to die. He's going to try to delay that encounter. That's exactly. And so they so they've empowered the chief of security to force a vote. It's called the twenty fifth so, amendment. Yeah. And, <laughs> and 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 so the so that's what the security chief who's in Sill's pocket does. He yes. he invokes that principle of Verosian law and forces a vote. Right. And so we come to this like the, to the to the climactic moment of this of the story um where the governor and Perry uh, are being held at gunpoint by that same guard that the doctor and Perry uh, mm-hmm. uh, tricked in the beginning. And he appealed, the governor appeals to him. Um, and at first he doesn't go for it. And so the, do- the, the governor has to be, is put into the uh, execution machine. And then the guard and, has and a they're change voting of heart. him down. The, yes, they're voting him down. down. And, and he's, he's dying. trying, he's dying, but he's, as he's dying, he's telling the people of Varos the truth about their situation. Yep. And so he's, he's really, he's become not just a kindly Nazi governor, but a virtuous kindly Nazi governor. <laughs> he's going out as a martyr. Right. And so the, the uh, governor has, a, actually, I think the guard is as much motivated by the idea that he could be the next governor and be in that same chair yeah. uh, as, yep. as of saving the governor. So he destroys the machine, saving himself. Yeah. In one sense, 
And by the way, before he's put in the chair, the governor also tries to save Perry and right. is unable to do so. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, the doctor's on the run from uh, cannibals, apparently, in the punishment <laughs> dome. Um, and then uh, and, and he and Jondar and Aretta are uh, are they, they come to this area where there's these overgrown in the in this corridor. And he says, uh, don't touch the tendrils uh, or the or you'll die. And then he turns and is brushed by the tendrils. Oh, <laughs> yeah. If you notice that he's a time lord. So <laughs> yeah. He's, yes. Um, so the doctor then tricks Quilliam and the chief officer into touching the tendrils. Well, he gets them close to the tendrils and then they've they've secretly tied them back, hung some of the tendrils and they release the tendrils. So they swish forward and slap. Quillian and the guard, the chief guard and the other people there. So they all instantly die of poison from the tendrils. Right. And uh, and that leaves Syl alone in his uh, uh, efforts to to, to, to to come off with the plot. And um, he he's rebuffed by his own people on, in his efforts to have an invasion. And they tell him, pay whatever price you have to to get the Zaiton, Zaiton, Zaiton 7. Yeah. And and, you know, everyone is happy. and. The governor is so grateful he will give the doctor whatever he asks for. And all the doctor asks for is enough sites and seven. To, to get, to, yeah, know. it's kind of it, the Sills people give him mixed messages because first they tell him uh, we just found more Zyton on this asteroid. So we're canceling the invasion. So it's like, OK, it's less needed. Yeah. But then it's urgently needed. So pay the Verosians whatever they want. Yeah. Right, so Varos is no longer the only place where it can be found. Well, you think the Doctor would have known that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, well, that was a weird. That, it was. I, that, that, I wasn't ending, sure whether I heard that, that right. Ending, that ending seemed really slapped on to me. That yeah. it's mm -hmm. just like okay, we've got to wrap this up somehow. And you know, admittedly, you know, I've I've written a few homilies that sound like that too. It's like I just got to end it now. Boom, done. But that's kind of what that <laughs> sounded like. I, maybe what it meant was that some other mining company has has found a second source of Zyton Seven, right. mm -hmm. um, and it's so, and it's so Galatron it's, needs to secure its source. Yeah, because we, we do know there are that, other rival companies. Yeah, yeah. well, and it's, it's possible too that it, it's as simple as okay, they found traces, but that doesn't mean that they're anywhere near production. Right. Yeah. You know, because it's 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 you know, of course, when you talk about you know oil and stuff like that, yeah, they can find there's oil there, but it doesn't mean they're going to be able to pump it out the next day. Right. Right. So the, the 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 result of this newfound wealth is the governor, who has survived uh, again, decides that there will be no more injustice. Uh, I will no longer have to be a Nazi uh, bad guy to you. Uh, we'll do away with the torture and executions in the punishment dome and no more mandatory TV watching. Uh, incidentally, no more voting, by the way, because uh, that's yeah. how they voted was through the yep. TV. So. Uh, and then Edda and Arak have no idea what they're going to do with their newfound freedom. Yeah. Uh, By the way, the the vote through your TV thing, that was like forward thinking back in the 80s. It's like, oh, yeah. so I remember the time it's like one day we're going to be able to send feedback through our TVs and like <laughs> pick what programs everyone gets to watch. It's Ooh. like, no, we're just going to have YouTube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and that was that was about the time that like the the phone polls were starting to ramp up where you could dial one nine hundred one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to vote yeah. yes. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight or whatever for no. You know, that's those were just starting to ramp up at that point. That's, so that's how Robin got killed. Robin, Jason from, Todd. From Batman's Robin. Batman's Robin. I don't remember they that. Had a phone. Yeah, they had a phone poll of should the Joker kill Robin or not. 
Oh wow! Oh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't know that. that. And yeah. and and like like um like Socrates, Robin lost by a small margin. <laughs> oh, ouch! ouch. Uh, so uh, so that's the story. Are there any other uh, show notes or any bit uh, you want to mention? Call out on this. A couple of little things. I liked how after the go- after the guard frees the governor and Perry, their solution, it's more self-referential stuff for the show. We've had the running through corridors. So what do they do? They go into the ventilation ducts yep, to find right. the doctor. So another classic sci-fi trope, I think, done wink- winkingly for the audience. I also liked at the end, just a little bit of business with the governor and the doctor and Perry. Uh, as they're leaving, the doctor goes to shake the governor's hand, and he's clearly unfamiliar with the practice. Mm-hmm. So he kind of fumbles his way through shaking the doctor's hand, but he's quick on the uptake. So he then turns to Perry and realizes I should do this for her, too, and shakes Perry's hand. Right. Yeah. And right. I, I like that just little thing. I don't know that that was scripted or if the actors came up with it, but I liked how he's unfamiliar, but he's quick on the uptake. Then at the end... We at the very end, we have the really self-referential moment where you have the bickering couple at home and the governor has made his speech and they're and they announced the end of the torture broadcasts. And it they're 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 like, we're free. What should we do? <laughs> I don't I don't know. And then the TV yeah. goes to static and we have the closing credits. Right, yep. right. There is something odd about the transcript that I was looking at that has the you know the, the script of it mm-hmm. that had whole scenes and lines from scenes that weren't in what I saw, and I don't know if that means it was mm-hmm. the shooting script or if there was if there's multiple versions of this. But I, I there was no explanation that I could see of w- what this difference was in the. It's this great site called Chakotea dot net, which has mm-hmm. transcripts of every episode of Doctor Who. Um, it- it it may be because there there very well could be deleted scenes because they needed to repackage this for the four episode format and that probably mm-hmm. involved some adjustments. Well, Corey, did you have any uh, other thoughts nope. about this episode? No, the only other thing I can think of is you know if they if they did the story today instead of the TVs, it would be basically smartphones that they'd smartphones. be looking at all the time. Mm-hmm. And one day we'll be able to interact back through our smartphones and pick which programs we all get to watch on them. There was, there was an episode of the Orville that was kind of like this, but it was more about like social media ranking. And that oh, yeah, stuff. that's right. There's the planet that was basically like contemporary Earth. And yep, there's an episode of Black Mirror that's the same way. And there's an episode of Community that's the same way with the app Meow Meow Beans on your phone. Leads to a <laughs> dy- dystopian Logan's run like stratified society. Yeah, Jimmy reminded me that I, I do one of these days I need to watch uh, Community. So yeah, oh, same here. yeah, come back and binge watch that. So all right, great. So we I, I mentioned we have some feedback from folks, um, and I'm I'm gonna talk a little uh, some of it here. We get so much great feedback, especially on on our Facebook page, uh, that we we really do appreciate it all. Uh, we have um we got an email from Kevin Nickerson who uh, was commenting on our episode on the Highlanders. Now Kevin is a bagpiper, so particular yeah. interest in this episode. He um, he mentioned how we said um, uh, it's important to note, he says, that many independent companies of soldiers were raised by clan chiefs and fought for the government. So Mm. there were Scottish clans fighting on behalf of the king, uh, chief among them, several which would amalgamate and became known as the Royal Scots. And he says that um, Jamie McCrimmon was part of the clan McLaren and... um, the McCrimmons were the pipers to the McClouds, 
uh, the clan clan McLeod, not Connor McLeod, maybe Connor McLeod from Highlander, but uh, that's a whole <laughs> different show. Bad, not the bad detective series start, starring Dennis Weaver from the seventies, McLeod. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he says the chief of the clan McLeod during the the battle sided with the government and raised um, independent companies of Highland troops. So. Um, the little, a little hit at the accuracy uh, for uh, for Doctor Who on, on that one, yes. Um, and then he says, um, he pointed out that uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie was not fighting to put himself on the throne, but rather his father, James, hence the mm-hmm. name Jacobites. So that's a, that's yeah. a, a good correction there. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and then uh, on the our episode on the Lazarus experiment with the 10th Doctor, Danny Butler uh, on Facebook uh, mentions uh Craig says francine doesn't trust the doctor because she at one point says he reminds her of her cheating husband her ex-husband mm. so uh for for whatever reason but mm. so yes that's a good point uh francine he, he, although we meet her cheating husband and he's nothing like the doctor yeah no i think she just distrusts him because she thinks he's a runaround sort of guy like her husband uh so uh but thank you both for your feedback uh we really appreciate that so I think um, that's it for us on this episode. Uh, we wanted before we sign off, we want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Doctor Who. And today we want to thank by name Hans G, Anthony M, David G, Gino N, and Rick A. Uh, through their generous donations at sqpn.com/give, they make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Doctor Who and all the great shows we do at SQPN and. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us. Tell us what you thought of this episode. If you got a chance to watch it uh, or of our discussion of it, let us know by visiting sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page. You can leave feedback there or send us an email to Who at sqpn.com. We'll be back next time when we'll be discussing, like I said, we'll be discussing Blink with the 10th Doctor. Uh, one of the favorites uh, episodes of all time for uh, especially for new who until then jimmy aiken thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of doctor who thanks dom father Corey stika thank you as well oh my pleasure and thank you dom and once again i'm dom bethanelli thank you for listening to the secrets of doctor who on star quest and remember you'll age here in the tardis and then die me i shall go on regenerating until all my lives are spent 